And joining me right now here on the Mark Moses Show here for Thursday, we got to go over the latest on college basketball and other topics. Don't worry, this guy can go around the horn. He's my good friend Chris Graham of the Augusta Free Press. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. All right, let's start with this. So your wife posts a photo where you guys are at a basketball game last night. She's yeah. she's wearing the T-shirt of the team she's rooting for. You are wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. What was the game plan last night? Because you did not coordinate. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I'm a, I'm a writer and I'm sitting on press row, but also, I mean, it's 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 a rivalry game. It was Virginia Virginia Tech, and I don't know, maybe I was just trying to help set the tone for how uh, the Virginia team I cover has not been playing well lately. They won last night, so uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sliver of contribution I gave there with the Stone Cold shirt maybe helped, but but no, they had, they hadn't been playing well. I was hoping they would adopt an Austin three sixteen attitude. Wait a minute, were you credentialed media last night and showed up to the game wearing a Stone Cold shirt? Oh, of course, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you covered so many games that you have put up enough leeway with the university that you could show up with wrestling t shirts to cover games? Oh, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I mean, I hope. I mean, you know, they didn't throw me out last night. We'll see if next time I show up, if they, if they let me back in. But, you know, no, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I have long since gotten away from, okay, you know, early days, you know, shirt and, you know, nice shirt and tie. And, you know, there were even some kids there last night. I say kids, some of the Virginia Tech young writers from, from um, came up the road from Blacksburg wearing, you know, certain jackets and ties. That's a long time ago, man. I'm in my fifties. I'm just I'm, they, were, they, they should be lucky I'm there. I guess. <laughs> I can I can just imagine you. Where it's like I'm really laughing. Where you're playing video games right in your bedroom, like you're 17, and then and then it's like your wife's like, "Hey, uh, you got to go cover that game." You're like, "Damn it!" And then you put your yeah. controller down. And then you just roll into the car and you go right to the arena with what you're wearing. Is that what it was? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm wearing a Stone Cold shirt. Whatever, I'll be there. How are you going to one up that one moving forward? I, that might be the hardest one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there is a one up for that. I mean, I've got some other wrestling shirts, but I don't think anything can top that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I can do that. Can you be in Greensboro for the ACC tournament, and then it's like you're interviewing Tony Bennett or whoever coaches Duke now, and just be like, wear your CM Punk shirts, and then say it's best in the world, and then you're asking questions. Can you do that for me? I work on yeah, I work on that yeah yeah, and if not there, that the next ACC football kickoff, you know, I'll I'll talk to to, to Dabo or Mike Norville or you know one of those guys, uh, uh, you know, Cristobal, and you know maybe be wearing my NWO shirt. I like it. I do. Hey, got to spice up college basketball. My question for you is: so last week, I went to the UCF Kansas game, and UCF okay. UCF won, and they they court stormed. Have you ever been around a court storming before? It's been a while, but yeah. Uh, uh, and and gosh, I mean, one from way back, uh, back when uh, they still sat us on the floor uh, at the old University Hall at UVA. Hmm. Virginia beat Duke, and this was one of the Duke teams. Like you know, Jason Williams is on the team, and God, I'm trying to think of all the guys that are on that team. Um, probably Carlos Boozer. Yeah. And Virginia won on a last second layup. Uh, it was like 94-92, and it was a court storm, and okay, we're sitting on the floor, and they just ran right by us. I mean, it was like if I and I was sitting on the end of my aisle, if they ran, if, if I'd have gotten up, I would have been tackled. Yes, were you wearing a Razor Ramon shirt during this story? 
I, I should have been because that one might have protected me. <laughs> All right. I think I could name that team. All right. So Jason Williams, shooting guard. Chris Duhon was the point guard. Then Carlos Boozer was the four. Ooh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Was he on oh, that team? Yeah, Dunleavy was there. Yeah, yeah. But they did they not win the championship? I forget. Or did they? They probably because it was one of the years that Jay, Jay Williams, he's now Jay Williams, was um, uh, National Player of the Year. If they didn't win the championship, they would have been favored. They were number. It was a, they were a number one team when Virginia beat them in that game. I think they did win the championship off the top of my head. Here's the problem. Do you like that, Chris Graham? Do you like the idea that I can rattle off starting fives from 20 years ago, but I can't name starting fives for random teams now? What's happened to me? Hey, I am in the same boat. Uh, and It's because 20 years ago it was a big deal if a guy like transferred even or if if a guy left school after his junior year you're like oh my god i can't believe you left a year early uh it, it changes year to year if not even more often than that at this stage and it's, it, that, that makes it hard to keep up okay i'm looking it up right now all right 2001 i can't believe we have to do this and i know you hate this team with all your heart all right who else is it oh one or lost to virginia that year so i'm happy with that yeah duhan Hmm. Jason Williams, Shane Battier was on the one team. Oh man, they were loaded. <laughs> They're so loaded that team. That's that's why they were so good. <laughs> they were good. I'm just waiting for Cooper Flag to show up next year. Have you seen this guy? I've I've, I've heard of him. Yeah, and I know. Uh, yeah, and and he's he's not the only guy. I mean, they got a they got a they got a class coming in. Um. Uh, just reloading, basically. That's just like they always do. No, see, I disagree. Here's my thing. After I saw Kansas in person, and I was not impressed, and this is Kansas, a blue blood, I've just given up where there's mega teams or super blue bloods in college basketball anymore. I I just feel like anyone can win on any night now, so there are no upsets. That's how I feel now with college basketball. How about you as a guy that's even written books about the sport? Yeah, uh, it's, it, it is, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me because, you know, you're used to covering teams, uh, and programs and rosters. Mm. I mean, at least for me, the, the program I cover Virginia, there's, there's usually continuity and, the, and it, the continuity is necessary because of the way that Virginia plays. Tony Bennett coach, the way he coaches, mm. uh, you know, guys have to kind of develop in the system and that kind of thing. And it changes so much. And, and it's not just me then. I mean, I cover primarily the ACC. And, I mean, it, it used to be so rare to see guys transfer within the conference. I mean, it was almost – the ACC had an unwritten rule. You can't transfer within the conference. It just – you know, it was. I don't think there was a formal rule, but you just couldn't transfer within the conference. And now you see that, like, you know, Joe Girard went from Syracuse to Clemson as one example of many uh, of this year where guys transfer within conference in the ACC. And it's it's just weird. It's just hard to it's hard to keep up, and um, you know it, it keeps me on my toes, I guess. But you, you know it it what it's done to the game, I think, uh, is and, and and this is just part of the evolution of basketball or the evolution of basketball. Um, the coaches who are going to succeed are the ones who are not necessarily good at the one and done thing, just the one and done thing, but. The JUCO style coaches, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of a guy like Steve Forbes at Wake Forest, and I'm sure there's better examples out there yeah. across the country. But he was a JUCO coach. He 
uh, you know, uh, kind of cut his teeth coming up that way. Juco coaches have to change their roster every year. So if you've got experience changing your roster every year and now you're at an ACC school or another power four school, um, you're going to have an advantage over a guy like a Tony Bennett or a Hubert Davis that is, who likes having juniors and seniors playing for you. It's just, it's, it's a change and we're in the middle of that change. And so it's hard to get a grasp on it. Is, is Bill Self the top basketball coach now? The elder statesman? you know, type figure for college ball. He probably is. I mean, you've got, you know, with Bayheim retiring last year, uh, uh, Coach K retiring the year before, uh, Roy Williams the year before that. It's hard to think who would be the, the elder statesman coach beyond that. Um, and, boy, that's, I mean, it kind of feels like you'd even have to say that because of, you know, the stuff he got involved in with that scandal back in the late 2010s. Um, that just got resolved finally last year. Of course, now, now with NIL being the Wild West marketplace, it's kind of like Reggie Bush, you know, having been in trouble and losing his Heisman Trophy back in from 2005. Uh, now all that stuff's legal, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they were breaking the rules when they were doing it. And now the, now the rules aren't the rules anymore, but, uh, no, yeah, he's got to be because, uh, I can't think of anyone else that would even come close. Uh, Okay, like UConn won the championship last year. My brain is like, oh, it's Jim Calhoun. No, he left like a decade ago, and then yeah, Ke- he, he was coaching. Uh, he was coaching some other team for a couple of years after retiring for eight or nine years. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Kevin Ollie. I'm not. I can't tell you who the coach is of the national championship. Oh, Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. All right, there you go. Yeah. And and now I can do it. John Shire's the coach at Duke, right? John Shire. It, it, the other day I was on a podcast and I had to, I couldn't think of John Shire's name, so I just had to do coach too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You really wore that Stone Cold shirt. I think it's fantastic. It really is. Hey, somebody's got to, you know, I mean, the dress code being what it is in this day and age. And, and I did, I mean, I wore a, a white shirt under it, so, you know, I did try oh. to spoof it up, spiff it up a bit there. <laughs> you got the tuxedo t-shirt under it, as if you have. <laughs> Are you like me where you look in your closet and you see all these beautiful suits and you're like, man, I used to wear those. Oh, well, now post-pandemic, whatever. Are you like that? I've got, yeah, I've got like 30 ties hanging in the closet. I've got all these dress shirts and, uh, yeah, a nice, I mean, a really nice jacket that I have worn once in the last three years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not only, you couldn't see, I was wearing like the ripped jeans underneath, I mean, you know, below the, what you could see the stone cold shirt. So I love it. Yeah. And, yeah. and you didn't think this was going to turn into men's fashion, but it is Chris Graham, the Gus free press. So there's another photo I saw where you're with a bunch of friends, right? And then you're wearing the MJF scarf, and I called oh. it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wear that to see if anybody, like, wherever I'm going will will notice. And it, it would take you noticing on Facebook that that is what I – because because I'm thinking if someone said, hey, man, you're wearing the MJF. I'm, I'm trying to think there was somebody who noticed that recently, and I can't think of where it was. But I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, man, the MJF scarf. Yeah, let's have – now we can talk about something, right? Because it looks like a normal, you know, very high-end, expensive Burberry-type scarf you'd see, right, in a big yeah. city. No, you got it at a wrestling show. I know what's going on here. No, 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 not actually, no. I, th- th- I got it before uh, – I, I guess they sell it probably on the AEW shop. But, no, I got it before – I was an MJF fan back before there were MJF fans, man. I got that thing. I 
We had to find that thing on Amazon. So it was, it's, it's a step up from AEW. We got it on Amazon, man. Have you worn that to a basketball game? I have numerous times, yes. I, because again, I'm trying to see if anybody, if any of the other sports writers, you know, the visiting sports writers, the guys, because none of the UVA sports writers have any idea. Um, <laughs> if any, if, if even one of the visiting sports writers, like, hey man, MJF, like, you're a cool writer. You'd be my favorite writer from that school. See, you're trying to start conversations with your outfits. I like this. I'm learning a lot about you. I really am. Um, who is the top team in the ACC for college basketball then? Uh, now, let's see. I'd say Carolina, um, you, you know, just by default. But And I haven't really watched them from an analytical standpoint. I've had their games on while um, uh, you know, just just for edification, but uh, you know, they, they and they should be one of the top teams right now. You know, the, the, with Armando Baycott back for like his hundredth year, <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, yes. they're, they're they're just really good uh, right now, and they're playing the way that I would say Hubert Davis wants them to play, but also the way Roy Williams would want them to play, and even the way Dean Smith would want them to play. They're up and down the court. Uh, they, they scored a great clip. They play fast pace. They're one of the top 50 teams in the country in pace. And, and, you know, he, the, the, uh, when I say he, Hubert slash Roy slash Dean, um, always wanted to have big guys in the post who could back their butt down in there, uh, score, get to the foul line, make foul shots. They've got that with Baycott. They've got fast guards. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and right now they're 14 and three overall. They played a, their losses are Villanova, Connecticut, and Kentucky. Um, this, this is, this is the class of the ACC right now. Uh, and, um, unless they were to lose somebody to injury, I think, I think they're the team that's going to go the furthest in the ACC this year. But it's interesting you hesitated also with your answer. In years past, you would have just lasered focus, giving me the answer, right? Um, I had to, th- because, I, because I haven't watched them for, for, and for an analysis yet. Virginia doesn't play Carolina until later in the season, so. Mm. You know, I'll do my deep dive on them then. It's it, because, and this is another thing about the conferences. I mean, our conferences are so big. The ACC plays a 20 game schedule and when we see most of the teams one time. Um, next year, there's 17 teams in the ACC. I don't know oh, what they're going to do with all that. Um, so, but they're, they're better than Duke. Uh, and right now, I mean, it's, it's, and I don't think Duke is, is, playing its best yet. We'll see if, if, and if, you know, maybe they are. I mean, and that this is as good as it gets. I thought Duke would be better than they're playing this year. Then they've played so far this year. So, um, Carolina's playing a little more than I expected. You know, Carolina was, was preseason top 15 or so. Hmm. Um, I didn't, I really didn't expect them to be this good when they lost Caleb Love and he went to Arizona and he lightened it up out of Arizona. Um, but then that could have also been a little bit of addition by subtraction. Love, love to shoot the ball. And, um, as a result, they didn't get it pounded inside quite as much. And now they, they are focusing on Baycott. So, it's Carolina Duke, but not quite like in years past. It's not like these are, you know, two Final Four contenders no. or, or Final Four favorites. I'm not sure either one's a Final Four team, but they're right now the class of the league. Well, in olden times, Paulo Bencaro would be leading Duke to another championship. <laughs> like, but he's, yeah, yeah. he's he's in year. He'd be a junior at Duke, but now he's in year two and he's going to be an All Star for the Orlando Magic. That's how I look at basketball now. Yeah, guys. yeah, and that's why you know Carolina, uh, Kansas with um, uh, I'm not forgetting his name Dickinson, mm. you know the the and and Purdue with Evie, uh, these are guys that are 
fourth or fifth or even sixth year seniors because uh, it's so weird to think that got big guys who can score at the level that they can score at in college aren't considered NBA prospects. No. And so in years past, those guys would have been in the NBA probably after their second year. But as a result of the fact that the NBA doesn't like that kind of guy anymore, they're making NIL money and playing one more year of college basketball in the case of Baycott, two more, his second year of college basketball past what we would have thought that he would have played. And, and those are thus the dominant teams because as, as much as they're not good enough for the NBA for some reason, they're too good for college, and, and they're dominated at college level. Weird, Chris Graham, Augusta Free Press. You bring up a good point because I mostly cover the NBA. I see that style of play. So when I go to a Division One basketball game and I stand on the sidelines and I'm watching, I'm like, what is this, 1985 basketball? What What is this? Where half court, you got your big in the post, feed him the ball. I'm like, what is this? Because the NBA, like you're saying, NBA – your big guy, like a Franz Wagner, I, I know I'm bringing up the magic. He's 6'10", 6'11". He's on the wing shooting three-pointers, and that's oh, yeah. the NBA. That's why it's crazy. That's why if I'm if I'm a one-and-done player, I have to go to a, a college team for one. You, you gotta you gotta play up tempo and you gotta play the pro style of game. That's what I tell the coach, the, the team I'm going for. You have to. Oh, you gotta play somewhere where they play five out. Yes. Um, you know, no, nobody nobody anywhere near the post. Um, nobody setting. I mean, it's it, you know, it's it's a it's it's not even the same game, even close. And yeah, it, and, and it's even more pronounced because the talent drain um, does take so many guys to, at the top level to the NBA. Mm. You know, there's the, the, there's usually guys when you when you're at a college game, there's usually two or three, maybe four guys who will play at the next level. One of whom, if if you're lucky, there might be one guy who will be a decent contributor to the next level. Very rarely will you see a guy for the one year that he's there who's going to be a star at the next level. Um, in the NBA, they're all NBA players. I mean, it's just it's and 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 so it's 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 so different. I mean, back I'm thinking of the '80s when I was cutting my teeth, you know, learning uh, about college basketball as a youngster. Mm. And my favorite team was the University of Virginia's teams, and had Ralph Sampson. He was a three-time National Player of the Year. Played for four years in college. Um, the famous game, Ralph against Patrick Ewing, Virginia versus Georgetown. Those games wouldn't be played now. Uh, no. You know, Ralph, they, they, Virginia played Houston. It was Ralph against the King. Um, they, those games don't exist now. And so, um, yeah, it's it, you, the game you watch. I watch it on TV. I don't get to, I don't get to too many NBA games in person, but it's it's not this. It's not even the same dude, game, dude. My advice for you. As a guy that loves basketball, you have to go see the Joker play in person because it, TV doesn't do it justice. It's like how we all grew up playing pickup basketball at the YMCA. If that's still a thing, I have no idea. But you, you, like you, you know, you're at the rec center, you're with your friends, you're a pickup basketball outside, and there's always that guy, you know, the over 40 guy where he's in the post, he's making the passes. Joker in person looks like the greatest. YMCA player you've ever seen in your life. You can't like he's doing everything, and he's seven one. He can run the floor. He can make every pass. He can make every shot. I, you're my advice for you. If he goes plays the Wizards, you got to go see him, man. Well, he does remind me. I haven't played YMCA ball in a while. My YMCA still does have noon ball on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I just haven't been there for a while. Um, but there was a guy named Dave, and Dave was this guy like in his fifties. 
and he had this big gut and everything else. But Dave could make every shot from 20 feet. I mean, and he'd make those passes, those over-the-neck passes and no-look passes and everything else. And you couldn't figure out, this this fat guy is schooling us? I mean, that's that's, that's the joker. Um, he, he doesn't look like anything. He, no. he, he got he looks like he's 30% body fat. You can't imagine this guy gets up and down the floor, and he's the best player on the floor. It's amazing. You bring up Ralph Sampson. We've discussed this before, the idea of today he'd be like Victor Wembenyama. He'd have to have a jump oh, yeah. shot. He'd have yeah. to. I like. Oh, he had a, he had a jump shot. He was a, he was a three point shooter. The ACC had a three point uh, experimental three point line when he was a huh. senior, and he made he made three. How would Akeem Olajuwon play today? That's a good one you brought up. What would he be Akeem doing? And Patrick Ewing both um, guys in the post. They they would they would they'd be Dwight Howard. Yes, that's a good analogy. I agree with you. All right, before I let you go, and I always appreciate you coming on. We're here with Chris Graham of the Guest Free Press. All right. Should I wear a Swerve Strickland shirt in front of you? Would that impress you if I do that? That, that would impress me. Swerve is the next guy, man. He is he is the next guy. Um, I can't believe he's not already the guy, but uh, they're, they're, they're pushing him in a direction. He's going to be the next big thing. Um, and I can't wait to see. I, I'm thinking. See, I've, I, I didn't tell you this. I've got tickets to the Greensboro AEW Revolution show. Uh, which is March 3rd. It's Sting's last, is it Sting's retirement match? Hmm. And, uh, so I'm heading down to, uh, Greensboro for that. And I'm hoping there's a Swerve Strickland Smoller Joe main event. Do you really think it's his retirement match? Come on. Do you? I do. I do. Uh, he is 64. He'll be 65 later in March of this year. Um, he is though, gosh, watching him on TV, I can't believe the stuff he's doing. I can't believe he's allowing himself to be talked into doing the stuff he's doing. Yeah, he did a um a, a what the scorpion death drop off of uh the the uh the side uh landing there uh, at Daly's place in Jacksonville onto two tables like ten feet below. <laughs> he shouldn't have done that when he was thirty, much less when he's sixty something. Um so but no, I think it's his retirement. Um and, and it's you know, the only thing that would frustrate me is if right now it appears that it'll be a tag team match involving the young bucks. Um, I was hoping more for something that could feel like because it's in Greensboro. That's we all you know we call it Ric Flair country. It's yeah. the old Mid Atlantic territory, Jim Crockett territory. He's got Ric Flair as his manager, if you want to say. I mean, if they could have figured out some way to work in some some of the old, you know some older guy with ties to those days would have been nice. But um, yeah, and it, it you know that place is sold out. Uh, and it's sold out for Sting. He he may not. He probably won't be the main event, but it's sold out. He's that. He's the main event. I'll just say this: my dad is going to be seventy-two in March. He's always doing this thing, and I love my dad. He's like, I got to go up the ladder. I got to see what's going on in the gutters. I'm like, no, you don't. He's like, I got to go up that ladder. So he goes up the ladder. I got to watch him. Right. Ric Flair's older than my dad, and he's still fighting in the ring. That's why I don't believe Sting retirement. I don't. Well, He'll keep going. Flair got in a match last week and did a couple chops on a guy, like, at 75 years old. No, that, and, and so, yeah, don't let your dad, like, talk you into walking up the ladder with him because he'll probably do a scorpion death drop on you. Like, I don't want to see that happen. I don't think my dad's ever gone to professional wrestling. I might have to take him. I think in the front row he needs to go. Let's make it happen. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, because you see it in the front row, and you're transfixed, just like we were as little kids. I like it. Yes, 
he'll do it. Too. I'm going up that ladder. No, you're not. Oh, you're going up that. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Chris Graham, Augusta Free Press. My man, thanks for your help and have a great day. Thanks, Mark.